week into the month of May. We are getting through phase one of voluntary workouts over on the Bengals side of things. A lot is going on. The OTAs will be here before you know it. Rookie minicamp is later this week. But before we get to any of that, we want to look here and now and say, what are the things that people are getting right about the Bengals? Are they getting it right? Why are they getting it right? And why does that matter? We're going to talk about all of that here to open up this fine Monday and this fine week. Welcome into another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik here with you to open up another week uh, in this awesome month of May. I'm a summer guy, so I love the month of May. And before we get into things, I want to remind you guys to sign up for our Strictly Stripes newsletter. Again, you go to cleveland.com slash newsletters. It's easy. It's free to sign up. You get the best reporting insights and analysis in your inbox every morning from me, Mike, and Andrew. takes a few clicks to sign up. It's very easy, and it's free. Go to cleveland.com slash newsletters. So obviously, guys, this is very subjective, but many things we do on this uh, podcast are subjective. But just something, obviously, that I've been thinking about is, you know, we're through the draft. We're through the earlier part of the offseason. We're getting into OTAs, rookie minicamp. We're going to start seeing more and more things, you know, ahead of training camp in, you know, almost two months, hard to believe. But as you guys kind of sit and think, like when people, whether it be pundits or just things you see in here, like and things that you think about, what are three things that people are getting right about the Bengals, whether it's predictions on players, the season, you know, odds, like what are some things that you guys can say with certainty that, you know, people are getting right about the Bengals in the here and now? Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I it's it's really kind of hard to see um, you know, another team really kind of coming in and 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 taking um taking the crown from them. I think, you know, frankly, I think the Ravens are probably second I, if I had to The AFC North uh, Crown? Yes, excuse me, sorry. The AFC North Crown, you you look at kind of the betting odds. I think um, you know, there's probably a lot of um, you know, there's probably a lot of pull there to to say, okay, look, you know, the Browns are going to have Deshaun and, you know, the Steelers went, you know, what are they, nine and eight or whatever they went with Kenny Pickett in his first yep. year better. You know, they just had an offensive lineman come in. They just drafted another corner. Like they got better. Like, I think you could, you know, I think you could kind of make that, um, you know, make those trendy picks, make the, you know, the sexy pick with the Ravens and say, oh, well now, you know, they have Lamar and they were going to win the division before Lamar got hurt. Like, I think you could kind of do all that. But I think, again, I just think the the you, you kind of reach a point, and you know, I I think Bengals fans got to be aware of this. Like, you kind of reach a point when you're when you're this good, where people kind of stop talking about you in a way, just because it happens every year. You know, like you you've been to back to back AFC Championship games, you've been to a Super Bowl. You know, this year, I mean, I think the trendy pick is going to be the Jaguars. It's going to be you know a team that you know you 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 don't see coming. That's what everybody loves to talk about, and. I don't know. I just think when you kind of look at the betting odds, when you look at, um, you know, just for the AFC North specifically, but then for the AFC, um, you know, I think, you know, people aren't really understating their their kind of level of talent that they have on the roster. Um, you know, they were a couple of plays away from, from going to the Super Bowl again. So I think the number one thing, it's pretty basic, but I think the number one thing people are, are kind of getting right is the fact that this team is going to be very, very good again good again to win the AFC North? Like, do you believe it's right to say the Bengals are AFC North favorites? Oh, they, well, they betting favorites, I think they are. And then I think, um, you know, I think they are the favorites. Like, I, I, 
the division is going to be very, very crowded this year. I think you can, I mean, you kind of look at some of the divisions across the league and there's a decent case to be made that the AFC North is the, is going to be the toughest division in football from top to bottom. Um, you know, I know the AFC West has Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, you know, you probably have two better teams in the NFC East with Philly and Dallas, but I, I just think that, uh, you know, this division is going to be really good. I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, the, the Ravens come in and win the division at, you know, 13 and four and the Bengals finish 12 and five or something like that. I like, it wouldn't be shocking, but, um, yeah, I think you, you kind of have to list them as favorites for favorites for the division. And one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. like they're, they're just a really good team and it sounds boring. Um, although the topic isn't boring, it sounds boring to just, it's kind of ho-hum. This team's going to be really good again. Um, but, uh, you kind of look at some of the betting odds and things like that. And, you know, I think it's, uh, I think, I think it's pretty fair. Mike, is that fair? Do you think uh, people like Andrew and others are getting it right when they say that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that's going out on a limb. I mean, that's pretty, it's like, a, that's like, what is that? Like a warm take. Um, instead of a hot take, I mean, it's not it's lukewarm. Not, is, is lukewarm the right word? I don't know. Militoast. I, I, it's just a very <laughs> tepid, 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 yeah. better. tepid, okay, like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear like a bold take of what people are getting rid of. I'd like to hear something, put yourself on a limb there. So, me or so, people, okay. me or just everybody else, you. What are people are getting right? Oh yeah, God! Yeah, Andrew, you know what? Put yourself on a limb. Do it. Do it, big fella. Put yourself on a limb right now, like Mike said. I, I, in terms of the oh God, um, a, a bold take that you think is an accurate take that people are getting right. Come or, back to me. Let me think about it. Come well, back. Well, how to about me. this? Instead of you coming up one with one, let me ask you this. Like I know we've talked about this a lot, but since we're talking bold, go big or go home. I mean. Although they are not the betting odd favorites to win the Super Bowl, are people right when they say the Bengals will win the Super Bowl next year? I know we have a long way to go before we get to the season, but right now, are people right when they say the Bengals will win the Super Bowl? Well, I, I don't think people say that. I think that I think that they're one of the favorites, if not the favorite, based on how like the, the offseason um, unfolded. I, I, I think I wrote about this to our texters. You know, in terms of the off seasons for the contenders in the AFC North. I'd still think that, um, you know, that their off season was like a B, but that was ahead of everybody sure. else's off season that they're competing with directly. So, I mean, they took, I think they could have been a bolder and taken, you know, more steps forward to sort of uh, solidify that. But I think that, you know, they did, but they had a more impactful off season than the chiefs, the bills, and obviously, I think they're the favorite of the North. So, I mean, when you consider that, I mean, I think that, you know, it's not unfair to, to, to label them as the, fav, you know, Super Bowl favorites or preseason favorites um, for whatever that's worth. So here's an even better question since you mentioned the AFC North. And I'm actually with you, by the way. Whatever you graded them with a B, I think that's how I graded them after the draft, which I also wrote about around this time last week. But let me ask you this. So we know Lamar, we haven't actually talked about this on this podcast, by the way, and we'll talk about it some more later, but Lamar's not leaving the AFC North for at least another five years. He's hanging out in Baltimore. So Burrow versus Jackson, we're going to see that for a good bit. I mean, you have Deshaun Watson, like Andrew mentioned. Kenny Pickett, with all due respect to him, he's got a ways to go. But is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the AFC North? 
or do you have to lend some credence to Lamar Jackson? Like, are people right when they say Bur- Burrow himself is the king of the North? Well, I mean that. I mean that. I mean that's just that's a remarkably easy sentence to say that he's the best quarterback in the AFC North now. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the AFC West? Like, I don't know. I like Lamar's really good, and I think uh, the last two years have kind of soured people on Lamar for whatever reason. Um, you know, I guess I know the reason it's cause he's gotten hurt, but. <laughs> and he's again, had some an interesting the Ra- saga the last couple months. Yeah. The, the Ravens, the Ravens were, I mean, it, it's kind of easy to forget, but the, the Ravens were actually scoring like 27 points a game with, with Lamar at the helm at quarterback. And I mean, pretty much us three at receiver, uh, they, they weren't really doing a whole heck of a lot in the passing game and they were still winning games. And they were still scoring points. And then Lamar went down and their entire season went to hell. Um, so Lamar, I mean, Lamar's really good, but yeah, of course, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North. I mean, that's to, to me, that's not even a question. We'll see. Which, and, and to be fair, I thought, fans might say otherwise. I thought it was going into the year. Um, you know, like if you would have told me week one, 2022 before the Steeler game, you know, you, you get to pick a franchise quarterback. I was taking Lamar over Burrow. I, I was. I, I think that, you know, I thought that Lamar gave you more. I mean, he still gives you that element. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's – I don't know how you could say anybody but Burrow. Do you agree, Mike? Yeah, I, I mean, mean the, the he's one-time MVP, the, but still. The numbers and success, uh, the, you know, over the last two years, I think, tell the story. I mean, I don't think like I said, that's a pretty – um, straightforward, you know, simple take, I think. I, I don't think you'd get much pushback. I'm trying to think of something that would get pushback from you guys because I, I feel like I'm, I'm so good at doing this on this podcast. And I'm just like, why am I not getting pushback from Mike and Andrew as to whether, like, there's a bold take that people are getting right, I guess? Okay, here's a broader question. We talked about Lamar versus Burrow. I mean, look at the Browns. They still have Nick Chubb. They have Sean Watson. They got those receivers. Lamar has OBJ. I mean, they they have uh, Zay Flowers. Lamar's in, under the helm, like I said. Can make a case for, obviously, the Steelers still having guys like Najee Harris. But, like, is it right to say the Bengals have the best offense in the AFC North? Or do you think, you know, oh, the Browns have a little bit of an advantage with Nick Chubb? Or, oh, maybe the Ravens might actually get something out of OBJ that we're not seeing. Like, do the Bengals have the best offense in the AFC North right now? Well, yeah, I, th- I think so. But, I mean, I-, I think the different question is, are they? I-, I wouldn't think they're the most well-rounded offense of the group, but I think they're the most, um, you know, the highest ceiling and, and you know, obviously coming off uh, the production they've had the last uh, two years under Burrow, Taylor, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, you know, triumphant. And, you know, um, I-, I just think that, you know, uh, my the concern, I think, is that, you know, you lack that sort of balance, um, but they've kind of shown – that it's not sort of necessary. So uh, I think they're the best offense, but just maybe not, you know, with the asterisk that they're not the most well-rounded offense. Is uh, Andrew, would you say Mike is making a better clarification there that they're just not the best well-rounded like you mentioned, or do you think it's there's more to it than that? Well, yeah, I, so they're certainly not the most well-rounded because, you know, assuming that the Ravens passing offense, you know, gets better, I mean, you're basically replacing, I mean, think about what we saw in that playoff game that was kind of a disaster, you know, where you don't really have a passing attack to speak of. Well, you're changing the quarterback and you're changing the top three receivers because Bateman's coming back from injury. Now you have OBJ. Now you have Zay Flowers. Um, 
You still have Mark Andrews, uh, but they could also still run the ball. Uh, you know, the, Lamar's run, Lamar's running ability is is really unique. J.K. Dobbins is, is a really really That's good right. running back. Forgot um, about him. You you've you've got you know Patrick Ricard is is kind of a fullback, and not many teams use a fullback, so he kind of offers some. You know, so is it just some you know positional uh, mismatches there when you when you have a team that's trying to spread you out, and then you have a fullback coming up the way. So, yeah, they're not the most well-rounded, but I, I think this kind of goes back into my point here, where it's like it gets boring to talk about, right? Because like like we're we're sitting here like, oh well, you know the Ra- the you know are the Ravens the most well-rounded or are the Browns because they can run the ball the best, like. The Bengals are just a really good team. And, uh, you know, it, 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 you kind of like a hot take of, of you know, like a, a bold proclamation or whatever you want to say about the Bengals almost has to be they're not as good as people think because everybody thinks they're already really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of feels like everybody already thinks so highly of them. Kind of the only way to go against the grain is is to talk negatively about them. And frankly, like, there's a lot there. The running game is what you're going to do if you want to do that. But there, Frank, there's not a lot else that you could really pick nits with. Well, on the defensive side, I know we've talked a lot about offense. So let's kind of flip it to the defense. Like, you know, people are saying with Miles Murphy, DJ Turner, like post draft, and we've talked about it, but I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, like the Bengals will have that pass rush juice. You know, they're going to have that speed in the secondary that's going to, you know, like people say, speed kills. Like, that, they're, they're going to have that with all the speed they have with. You know, Cheeto, assuming he's healthy, Cam Taylor Britt, DJ Turner, etc. I mean, here's a bolder proclamation. Will the Bengals defense be better in twenty twenty three than it was in twenty twenty two? Like is that a bold proclamation? I think it's bold. Um that's that's a good question because yeah. I think um, you know, I th- like this defense was was so good it, especially in the beginning part of the year. Well, you know, as the offense kind of really struggled to f- to find its rhythm. I mean, you think back to the first couple weeks of the year. You know, I mean, God, how many times did you hear the phrase like "too high safety" and things like that? And oh, it, God, it just kind of felt like the Bengals day. couldn't couldn't you know find their way out of that, and they they really couldn't beat it because their their offense was so predicated on on winning deep balls and and winning with with home run plays in twenty twenty one that you know when teams took those away, it was a little bit of an adjustment for them this year. And then once they figured that out. It was kind of off to the races, but um, their defense was was really good. I the thing is with the pass rush, I think so. I think way more depends on Miles Murphy than yeah. people are people are talking about. So, I, you know, I think the uh, I think the way to phrase it is like I think Will Miles pass Murphy rush, make the defense better. Yeah, the, the, pass the, the pass. So I think the way to phrase people are getting right that the pass rush is going to be better because if you look at some of the. You know, the sack numbers were not very good. I mean, they were 29th in the league. They had 30 sacks. You know, your top two sack getters, Trey Hendrickson and uh, Sam Hubbard, 14 and a half out of your 30 sacks. Like, you know, that's 14 and a half out of 30 sacks is you know, 14 and a half by your two guys is fine. You just need more from from the depth guys. And I think you kind of saw an effort there with, you know, you signed Terrell Basham. You draft a guy in the first round. Um, you know, I think there was a little bit of an effort to try and boost your edge rush there. So, um, I think, you know, kind of the way to say it is people are getting right that the pass rush is going to be better, but I think how good depends on Miles Murphy. If Miles Murphy comes in and gives you yeah, three or four sacks, uh, you know, it'll be better. But if he can come in and, and kind of be a situational rusher where, 
you know, he comes in on third downs or, you know, even if, you know, he comes in when, when Hendrickson or Hubbard goes out, if he can get you like seven, then, then I think we're talking about a whole different ball game. So the pass rush is going to be better, but I think Miles Murphy kind of has the key to how good it's really going to be. Do you agree with that, Mike? I mean, do you think it, it, is it too much to focus only on Miles Murphy or if you're talking strictly about pass rush, it's like, okay, that's fair. But you know, how, how would you kind of summarize like what Andrew said from your thoughts? Well, I, I think it depends on how healthy the group is too. I mean, Sam Hubbard missed yeah. a little bit of time at the end of the year. Trey Henderson kind of felt like he was never a hundred percent the entire, entire year. Like how effective is he? Um, I forgot if he's, what is he, what is his age now? He's 28, so he just turned 28, 28. in December. So, about to turn um, 29. You know, he, he's, he's, had a lot, he's had a lot of work the last couple of years. Um, obviously, he's been effective, but um, can he sort of replicate the season he had two years ago? Um, you know, that would obviously, you know, be in and of itself uh, a huge boost without even having Miles Murphy do anything. Um, but, you know, can he stay physically uh, able to do that when teams are throwing at what the you know triple teaming them, double teaming them, like Luan Rumo said. I don't know. So I think Miles Murphy's presence could make Hendrickson more effective because then he doesn't have to worry about that all game long. Um, he gets more rest. So uh, we'll see. It might just sort of have a snowball effect that Murphy's presence kind of opens it up for some of those other guys too. Here's an interesting question I was thinking about with the secondary since we're talking about the pass rush. So. You know, for a fact, Trey Flowers is not coming back. He just signed with the Atlanta Falcons today, which he had visited, I think, a few weeks ago. I mean, we've talked about Eli Apple. That's not happening either. But that doesn't even matter for what I'm about to ask because here's the thing. Like, Trey Flowers was your tight end guy. Like, when you're in two-minute drills and need somebody on Travis Kelsey, that was Trey Flowers. Or Mark Andrews, that was him. Cameron Brait, like other good tight ends that they covered just whenever they played opponents, you know? So he's gone. And I wonder... Here's a, a good question, and it's kind of related to the defense here. It's not much of a tangent, but it's worth asking. Who do you think is, like, the defender that they put on Travis Kelsey, like, on third downs or, like, in two-minute drills? Like, do you think they get, like, a Dax Hill to do that? Like, he did a few times last year. Do you think, you know, people like Tyson Anderson compete to do that? Or do you think they get Akeem Davis-Gaither to do that and maybe make those packages unique? Like, what, what do you think they do there? Because I think that could actually say a lot about how they cover certain guys. Like, you got to cover Kelsey. you got to cover Andrews. Like, those are good players you can't overlook who beat them a couple times in each time they played them. Like, what do you guys think happens there? Well, I think, you know, I think you have it kind of the premise wrong. I think what you, you use defender as, as a singular term. Uh, those are guys that you, you have to double and you have to kind of send different waves at them. Um, you know, I – you don't really have anybody in that cornerback room that can match up, you know, size wise with, with a tight end like that, um, you know, with, without flowers. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, when, when you kind of look like Cam Taylor Britt, you know, he's not, you know, they don't, they don't really have anybody like that. Like Chidobi uh, Wuzier, they don't really have like a six, three guy, six, three, two twenty. They don't, they don't have that body type in the cornerbacks room. And, and frankly, they don't really have it in the safety room. Um, you know, so to me, that just kind of screams like, all right, you know, hey, here's what we're going to do. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to send a linebacker on him, maybe safety help over the top like that. I, I just I don't know if if that particularly matters. I mean, maybe that's a place where Jordan Battle comes in, um, but you, you, you need to double those guys. So I, I don't know if it's one particular guy there. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I mean, Flowers didn't play in the conference championship. I was looking at the regular season match. He did. Oh, did he? Oh, he did play on special teams. I know that. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he covered Kelsey a few times. I was looking at the coverage, but it didn't look like it. Um, yeah, he huh. only played nine snaps, so uh, no. So special really. teams. Um, and then, um, you know, the regular season matchup, um, you know, he wasn't matched up against him uh, very often. He only played six snaps. So um, I, I really don't think that's a big deal. I think they had moved on to sort of um, giving a lot of those snaps to uh, Mike Hilton um, and doing different things. I, 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 don't, I don't think he was as important to the game plan last year. Um, you know, to, to worry about, you know, specific matchups like that. Just something I was thinking about, because I was talking with um, some of the media guys in the locker room, like, hey, so Trey Flowers is gone. Like, who do you think is kind of that, I like to call it third down, tight end slot corner? Because, I mean, that's what he was. But like you said, I mean, it was only occasional. And he did okay in those situations. There are times where he didn't, like the Ravens game on Sunday night. Just something I was thinking about, but we're going to keep thinking about something more interesting when we come back because in case you guys forgot, I heard the NFL schedule is uh, coming out pretty soon, Thursday to be exact. What does that mean for the Bengals? What, what do we think is going to happen without getting into too much detail? We'll let you know when we come back right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we talked about things that uh, people are getting right about the Bengals. And I, I think the the overall theme from all three of us is, you know, a team like that is just so good that you kind of have to focus on what are people getting wrong about them, which that's something we're going to talk about later because, like I said, that in itself is a lengthy discussion. But I think another interesting discussion to have just based on what we heard from uh, Orlando Brown and Mike Hilton in the locker room today is uh, the Bengals are very – excited to play the Chiefs as we've mentioned on this podcast I mean we did a whole podcast on this for those who don't know I mean on the Bengals Chiefs rivalry where it stands in comparison to other rivalries and you know the fact that they're gonna play them in Arrowhead in 2023 when that is we don't know we're gonna find out about that Thursday and and talk about that but I mean one thing Mike Hilton said was you know he was asked like do you think Chiefs Bengals or I'm sorry Bengals Chiefs should be the opening night game he said that's the game everybody wants to see. I don't think that that's going to happen. I, I really just think that, like, because if you think about it, the Chiefs, no matter who they play, you could, you, they, they could play the Houston Texans. They could play the Bears for all, all that matters. And people are going to watch that game. Ratings-wise, I don't think playing the Bengals would make much more of a difference. Or even, heck, they could play the Eagles, who they're supposed to play at home next year. Like, I don't think it matters. I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, obviously Orlando Brown was like, yeah, I mean, he's – he would love a matchup like that to be a, a big-time game. So as far as a big-time game goes, like, what do you think? In Monday night football, Sunday night football, like Thursday night football? Like, where, where do you think a game like that gets slaughtered? And what week do you think would be good for that? It, week is week is probably too much of a stretch um, in terms of, you know, kind of when, when you think that game is going to happen. Um, you know, you kind of look at the last couple of years. They played – 
the game in the 2021-22 season, the year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, I believe technically that game was like January 2nd or something. Yes. Um, yes. So so they, they technically played in 2022 twice. Uh, then they played in um, in December. I You know, I think that that could be an early season game. But, yeah, you know, you're right. It, you kind of look at some of the kickoff games for the last couple of years. I mean, last year was, was Bills-Rams. You know, you had kind of the – the Super Bowl favorite and in in the Buffalo Bills coming into the Super Bowl host, obviously. Then you get Cowboys Bucks the year before. You get Chiefs Texans the year before. You know you can kind of go down the list. Like they're they're gonna put a good matchup on the field, but it's I don't know. You're like like you said, you're gonna get eyes on this game no matter what. And I, I just think it kind of makes sense to say. Okay, like let's let's put a game up here that's that's good, but you know let's not let's not burn one here. You, here's their here's the Chiefs' home schedule. Uh, they play the AFC West, obviously, so that's the Broncos, Chargers, and the Raiders. Then they play the Bills, the Dolphins, the Bears, the Lions, then the Bengals and Eagles. Like that, this to me like screams Dolphins or Bills. Um, just you look at, I mean, the Dolphins would be a really intriguing matchup. Um, the Bills, obviously, they've played some great games. I just, I don't know. Like the the Eagles game, that game is going to be on Fox because that's a an NFC road game. That's a game that you would assume Fox would be all over for wanting to take. You know, that's that's not something you want to give up. The Fox doesn't get many chances at the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You would assume that that's something oh, yeah. that they would want. So I, I don't know. I, I think. Bengals Bengals Chiefs is is going to be prime time. I think you could pretty much make that lock of the century, um, and uh, maybe not because I guess technically you could say a four thirty CBS slot. But uh, yeah, you're you're gonna get that game with with a prime time audience, whether that's you know four thirty CBS, a Monday night game, a Sunday night game, a Thursday night game. It doesn't matter. You're gonna get a big time audience for that. Um, I just don't think opening week is the week to do that, even if it would be fun as hell. I mean, I th- what it, I mean, I think it's one of three games. It's either the uh, Eagles, Bills, or Bengals. Bengals. I, I mean, being the opener. Um, you know, hey, it's no, be a you, I, would, I mean, I, th- I would throw the Dolphins into there too. Because of Tyreek. Well, you got Tyreek, but the, the Dolphins are a fun team. The Dolphins are a unique team, and it's true. Um, Jalen you know, Ramsey. Yeah, they just yeah they had a really good off season. They traded for Jalen Ramsey. You have the receivers that they do. I, I think that you can you can kind of market that because the, the league is obviously going to want to market a big game back. You're not going to you're not going to throw the Bears out there or anything like that, you know. And I just think that you don't want to do the I, I like I said with Fox. I don't think the Eagles are going to Fox is going to you know give up the Eagles as best they can. They're really going to try to lean on the league. I would think for for keeping that game on their network. Um, and and like with the Bengals. I mean that's a game where if that if they play that game Sunday at one, Monday night at eight thirty, Wednesday at eight a.m. like that game's getting ratings no matter when it happens. So I I, I just think that that's a game that you can schedule later and and know that you're going to have a, a a pretty much guaranteed absolute. This is a really good game because I mean we all know it. Like sometimes these primetime games look good now and then in October you're like holy crap this one's going to suck. You know, it's it's just it it's just the way the cookie crumbles, and I think that Bengals Chiefs, you know, is going to be a gold mine. So it, you'd be okay with kind of scheduling that for later down the line. I don't know. I I kind of disagree. I think that you just schedule 
I, I mean, I think you'd schedule that high-profile matchup in the highest-profile place. And like you said, you don't really know what's going to happen, but if the quarterback's going to get injured, I mean, I, I think you put it week one, there's already that excitement built in. Um, considering these two teams have played each other so much the last couple of years, um, I don't know. I don't think they. Can, I mean, they're going to get ratings no matter what throughout the whole season. Usually, uh, with big games, I, I don't see any reason why that would sort of um, make them nervous about putting this one out front. I think to Andrew's point, like, you know, I guess to both of your all's points, technically, I mean, like, I think about the Bills Rams game, for example. Like, Rams were defending world champs. They hosted the Bills. You look at it as all oh, defending world champs versus like. I think a lot of people had the Bills as like AFC favorites last year over the Bengals, definitely over the Chiefs because of like the whole Tyreek left narrative. And I mean, look at how that game went. Like that was the precursor to like the LA Rams season. Like, I don't know if I mentioned this, the Rams had the worst record of any defending world champion in all of pro sports ever. Like no pro sports team did as badly as the Rams did the year after winning a world championship. So the Lakers, Celtics, the Yankees, no one ever did that bad. Like, that was pretty bad. So, like, imagine if you said, oh, let, let's wait and put that game in October, November if they're playoff contenders. I mean, the Rams season was – I think that's when their season ended. Like, that already kind of told me, like, this team's not going to even compete for the playoffs. But, again, that's not going to be the case with the Bengals Chiefs. Like, unless, unless, God forbid, one of those two quarterbacks this season goes to oblivion because of injury or whatever reason, or you have, like, Jamar Chase or – Travis Kelsey go down. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think that would happen, but, you know, I don't know. It, it, it could go either way. I, I do think, like, Mike makes the case of, yeah, I mean, best game, best opener, but then it's also, like, Andrew said, do you want to burn that game? when like Because take the Bengals-Chiefs examples. Like, they've played traditionally later in the year, December last year, January the year before, and then the two conference championships. Like, these are two playoff competing teams who have maybe – a number one seed on the line like that a December game could determine number one seed. So I know a week is a stretch like Andrew said, but I'd say anything past like week 10, week 11, maybe. I mean, I'd say no week 12 past week 12 is your best bet just based on the trends and where these teams are Typically you want to put those division. You want to put those games as divisional games later in the year. You know, you want to have, especially, I mean, especially if the AFC North is going to be competitive this year, you want, you know, the Bengals playing the Browns on December, whatever, and then follow that like last year yeah. and then follow that with the Ravens. Like you, you want to kind of stack those divisional games at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, you know, actually, as we were, as we were talking about this, the, the league just sent a memo that uh, the schedule is going to be released Thursday at 8 PM. Um, you know, there was kind of a, there was kind of talk that maybe it could get delayed, but Thursday at 8 PM is when it's going to happen. Uh, there will be a couple of games announced on the 10th, which is Wednesday. Uh, the international games, uh, those will be announced on May 10th. The Black Friday game, something new that the NFL is doing that I think sucks, is uh, is happening on uh, on May 10th. They'll announce that one. And then uh, they'll select – all it says is select individual games on Fox and Friends and CBS Morning. So my guess is that is going to be your – you know, if it's on Fox and CBS, those are going to be the the big games. So to me, that is a uh, to me that is like a hey, if the Bengals are going to play the Chiefs on a Sunday at four thirty, or the Eagles are going to play the Chiefs on you know on Fox at whatever time, that's going to be when you figure it out. So we'll have a few games on Wednesday and the rest of the schedule Thursday. 
and we're going to break all of that down uh, right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Once we know who, when, and where the Bengals are playing, well, we know who, but when and where they're playing them. Um, but to kind of wrap up here, um, you know, because we have to wrap up with just random, silly wackiness at the end, because that's how we do. But I don't, we've talked about food, things you like, things you guys don't like on this podcast, but I was just in Detroit this weekend, which I know, Mike, you lived in Michigan for a good part of your life, so you, you might agree with me when I say this. Um, I was there for just um, a religious conference with my cousins. It was an Islamic conference in suburbs of Detroit. Um, obviously, for those who don't know, a lot of the suburbs are predominantly Arab and Middle Eastern, so I had the most amazing Middle Eastern food, and I'm not exaggerating as someone who's Arab, some of the most Middle Eastern amazing food um, that I've ever had this past weekend. So I want to ask you guys, like, are there cities where it's just like, like, if I ask you right now, what is the city you go to for the best food? Like, is that too broad of a question? Or are you guys like looking for specific things in the city? Like, does Chicago have the best A food? And then Cleveland has the best B food? Like, like, I guess in general, what, where is the best food? Like, like for you guys, where is the best food out there? Because Detroit, I slept on Detroit's Middle Eastern food. I did not realize it was that good. Well, I mean, I think if you if you kind of label it as a city, um, you know, this city has the best food. I, I think you're kind of doing it a miss like a. I think you're not doing it justice. Like, you're not going to go to you know New York and be like, all right, you know, time to eat. You know, I don't know. New York has really good food. That was about like example. Texas barbecue yeah, in New York. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not going to Cleveland. Like, with all due respect to Cleveland, you're not going to Cleveland being like, all right, time to eat barbecue. Like. If you're going to, if you're in, it's kind of, for me, it's a, it's a kind of where you are moment. Like we were in Dallas this past year. Uh, that was a week. Is that week two? Week three? That was, was week two. Week two. Yeah. We were, yeah. we were in Dallas and I mean, that was probably the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Um, that was really great. Nashville barbecue was really good. Um, I really like New Orleans. Um, New Orleans was, was very good. Uh, I've been to LA just, you know, on vacation before LA has really good food. Um, so I think, I mean, it just depends. Like if you go into a certain city and are like, yeah, you know, this city has great food and you just like speak broadly. I think, um, you're not really, you're not really being as, as specific as you can because certain cities are known for different things and, you know, going into, you know, going to going to Florida and asking for, you know, a steak is probably not your best bet when there's seafood right there. So I don't know. I just think uh, it, it it's not so much a city thing as it is kind of a, a regional thing. You didn't answer the question. You didn't say where you get your food from. Well, I mean, like, where's the best? I, I gave a bunch of places. He said, where, you know, where do you get So the- just in general, like if I have to make you pick one city, where, 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 which city oh, has the best I, food? If I had to pick one? Um, just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> I love putting people on the spot. I, I, now I'm thinking I mean, you have the bold takes I couldn't get earlier. <laughs> I wish I was in Dallas longer. Um, yeah, but I. That's a good choice. I, I think barbecue's probably, you know, I, just the brisket I had there was so good. Um, I, I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Texas and 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 Dallas specifically. Uh, and I'm sure there are people like if there's anybody listening to this who's like from Houston or from you know Austin or wherever uh, or El Paso or something. I'm sure that they're uh, I'm sure that they're upset. But uh, Dallas, I mean, for me, the barbecue was great. Um, I had really good ribs there too. Just the the like the smoked meats and stuff were great. So uh, I'm gonna say Dallas. Well, it would also depend on like how many cities you've been to. Like, I mean, how, right. how much time you spent in them. So. Um... 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, Vegas is my answer. But Vegas is the answer Ooh. for a lot of things. Um, it's just the concentrated area of, of top-end restaurants. I mean, you really can't beat it. I think for me, and, and Mike, you're going to get giddy when I say this. I, I think it's Chicago. I, I've had the best experiences in Chicago. Like, if I want Arabic food, check. If I want, like, burgers and, like, you know, chicken sandwiches, like, just chicken in general, to be honest. Like, because there's a large, like, Pakistani and, like, Arab population where I get a lot of, like, Muslim slaughtered chicken and beef, like, burgers, like, Lombard, Oak Brook Terrace, like, Bridgeview, I'm sure those places yeah, but none of that's like, considered, Lombard's not Chicago, Lombard's, like, as far away from Chicago, that's like being in a different planet. <laughs> wait, wait, so what, what part of Chicago did you grow up in? I mean, I did, t- I mean, I didn't, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, so, I mean, that's not, nobody would consider it Lombard Chicago. Really? Because I've heard the opposite. Like, all my friends are like, oh, I went to Chicago, and I went to Lombard, and did X, Y, and Z. I'm, it's not that went to far Chicago from downtown. Went to Lombard, then they are, are geographically... Muslim friends. Well, yeah, because my, my Muslim friends want specific food from Lombard, yeah. Right, then they didn't go to Chicago. They went to the Chicago suburbs, and not even a very good suburb. You don't like Lombard was nice, or I guess Oak, nice. it was like Oakbrook Terrace and Lombard. It was, those are pretty nice. Oakbrook's nice, but I mean, like that's that's the suburbs. That's not Chicago. Yeah, right now I pulled it up on maps. It, assuming it's <laughs> Lombard, like the one that's near Naperville. Yes. Uh, yes. Forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. Twenty-one miles. No, that's cap. It can't be more than twenty-five minutes from downtown. Because well, I, I went, I went to downtown says. when I was there. It's a thousand. That's percent what my phone says. It's forty-five minutes downtown. Usually farther because tra- of traffic. Traffic with traffic, probably with traffic. Without traffic, it's it's not more than twenty-five. There's without traffic, any time without traffic to do that drive, and it's it's, it's yeah, it's west of O'Hare. I was there. I was there on a weekend afternoon. It was fine for me. It's west of O'Hare, west of Midway. That's I mean, that's not like. I don't know. That's 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 not. so. So let me ask you, Andrew. By, by that logic, the Cowboys don't play in Dallas. They play in Arlington, and I would assume you guys got food in Arlington. So can't you say that you got the no? Best actually, barbecue? the place that we went no, was we downtown played, Dallas. We like Dallas, we, yeah. yeah, we were downtown Dallas. And I thought I, I was waiting for that get you moment. It just ruined it for me. Well, I, I was well, also I yeah, the, and like the Texas Rangers, like they still call it like the ballpark in Arlington. Like places can call it different things. Like true, true. Well, that, that's a recent name though. They didn't always call it that, but I, mean, I guess they've always called point. it that. No, I, well, well, they just built a new one. Like well, yeah, before the new one, they built it. The ballpark in Arlington. Like the formal title? No, it was like Globe well, I mean, it's Life not the Park. Name of the stadium? Like I, oh. I don't know what it's called now, but I don't follow um, baseball anymore. <laughs> yeah, they. It's I don't know what it's called now, but yeah, they. It, it was always kind of referred to as the ballpark in Arlington. I mean, I guess I don't know, but like, ah, I can't win with you people, man. So okay, so so Cincinnati, for example, there's gonna be a lot of Cincinnati people listening. So like. If I go somewhere in like Westchester, which for those who don't know, it's like on the outer suburbs, yeah, north the of suburbs of Cincinnati. So if I got some food in Westchester, I didn't get it in Cincinnati. I got it in Westchester, even though I consider that a suburb within Cincinnati. Right, it's a suburb of Cincinnati. You're yeah, Muhammad. Westchester's thirty-three minutes from my apartment right now as I record this. It's twenty miles north. Wait, 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 you live in Oakley. It can't be that far. Not to give away your location. That, that's what. But... That's what. That's what my phone says. My phone well, doesn't. I live lie. in. 
I live in northern Kentucky, which is you don't even, even yeah, you now. live in a different state. Like, and guess what? It takes me twenty five minutes to get there, so you should be even closer. Well, I'm. I hate to break it to you, but that's what it says. Yeah, from Pecor Stadium. Right, we're taping this around five o'clock, where the traffic is horrible. Yeah, from Pecor Stadium, it says thirty four minutes and twenty one miles. So yeah, right so now we're with Cincinnati. Well, I, I think – how did we go from like de- talking about food to debating like whether a suburb is a city or a city has a suburb? I, but you know, that's, that's why I love – this is the wackiness I'm telling you guys about. This is why we are the best podcast. This is why we rock. And part of why we rock to, to wrap things up is we rock because we have Cincinnati Football Insider, the best subtext service out there where we text you, the fan, the reader, the listener, whatever you want to call yourself. We break news to you before Twitter, before the web, before you even get on this podcast and hit the mic. If you want to sign up and be a part of the Cool Kids Club of all Bengals fans, go to cleveland.com slash Bengals. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page you see. It's a two-week free trial to start. After that, it's $4.99 a month. And I promise you, it is the best $4.99 a month investment you will make with that much money. So sign up at cleveland.com slash bangles and be part of the Cool Kids Club. Stay with us. We're going to keep breaking down what folks are getting right or maybe not getting right about the Bengals and talking more about the future of Joe Burrow's contract, what that means with respect to guys like Lamar Jackson, and much more. But once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Have a nice Monday. And, uh, yeah, Lombard is in Chicago.